welcome back to the Diet Riot Podcast. I'm Alyssa Miller. And I'm Brooke Miller, and we're both dietitians. Both moms. Both from the Midwest. Both live in Denver. And we're still quarantined, but <laughs> we, are heading into, we are heading into 2021, hoping that this year is going to be so much better. And today we have an extra special guest. We have Kayla with us. Kayla is one of our Diet Rider members, and she is so gracious enough to come on and just tell us a little bit about what you know got her in into intuitive eating and how her journey has been. I just feel like her story is going to be so relatable for so many of you listeners. So Kayla, if you want to introduce yourself. Yeah, so I am Kayla, um, and I also live in Colorado. I grew up in Denver, so close to where you guys are at. Um, and I have, I found intuitive eating in like June of this year. I had never heard of it before, um, so it's fairly new to me. And then I think I joined the membership in like September and then started meeting one-on-one with Brooke in October, I think. Um, somewhere around that timeline. So it's fairly mm-hmm. new to me. Kayla, I love you. You're like, take action. You're like, what is this? I love it. I'm in for it. I'm doing all the things and like really moving quickly into it. Um, mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about like before you found intuitive eating, what did your relationship with food or your body or what did that kind of look like leading up to finding intuitive eating? Yeah, I weight cycled and jumped in and out of diets for so many years. Um, I was trying to find a list before this of like all the diets and you can't even find them, but I think I hit like 25 or something of things that I've tried in the past. And my relationship with food was awful. It created so much anxiety when I was dieting, it was counting every macro and calorie. And when I wasn't dieting, it was shame over, you know, anything and everything I ate. Um, and so it was, it was pretty brutal for a really long time. And then my relationship with like body image was not great. Um, Obviously, I think those kind of go hand in hand where I had put myself in an environment where everything I related back to my body. So even those things that really have nothing to do with it, um, I would sit there and be like, well, I'm really good at my job, but I'm in a bigger body. So why does anybody listen to me? Um, So I just connected everything with that. um, And that was kind of where I reached a point where I was like, I can't do this anymore. I've got to find something else. Um, and I started therapy like 18 months ago, I hit a point where my anxiety was so bad. I was just, I just couldn't function. Um, and I started therapy. So I've been doing that for like 18 months and bless her heart. She is a godsend. Um, but she recommended, well, why don't you change your environment, change your social media feed? Um, which never crossed my mind. And I went through and deleted all kinds of things and added all of these body positive women and people, and you guys were on that list. Um, And I I didn't even know what body positive was or what intuitive eating was. And everybody had like body positive, i.e. on their profile. And so I just kind of immersed myself in it and tried to learn what I could. That's really cool. Yeah, that's such a great moment. And I'm so glad therapists talk about social media as well, because it is such a huge part of our life, especially with COVID. Like right now we're so secluded. We're not even, a lot of us aren't working out of the house um, that often. And so I think cleaning up social media is a tip that everybody can take away from this episode is 
constantly, you know, like if you are scrolling social media and you see something that's triggering, go ahead and mute it, unfollow, make sure that your feed is a happy place. And if it's not a happy place, um, try to make it as happy as you can. So I love that first tip. It's so powerful. I would love to hear more about like your aha moment of like, okay, this intuitive eating thing, this is, I think what I need. Like, I would love to hear more about that. Yeah. I think the idea behind it of just, you can have a comfortable relationship with eating and not everything is good or bad in that black and white thinking, um, made sense to me when I started learning about it, but it also felt too good to be true. So I remember kind of being like, well, I'll read a book or I'll just see what people say and kind of try it. And I kind of tipped my um, toe in the water. Um, when I was on family vacation in July, I actually read a book all about intuitive eating. And it was the first time I can remember in my history of like reading something and being like, oh my gosh, that's exactly how I feel. Or I've been through that, or I've done that. And for so long, the only time I could relate to people was when I was dieting or, um, you know, talking about calories or I'm keto now and I finally belong and I never really did and so reading these books of people who felt similarly was huge for me um, and that was kind of my okay I need to start looking more into this and then you guys are so great on social media where I'm, I felt like I related to you so much and you had this really cool membership opportunity um, and just the idea of meeting other people that can relate to me was huge. Um, and so I just kind of did it and jumped in. That's awesome. Action takers work, man. <laughs> yes, that's right. We love action takers. And you know, it does take like a lot of buildup. And I love kind of what you're saying, because I, I too had a very similar moment of reading intuitive eating or learning more about it. And it kind of just like clicking like, yes, yes, that's me. Oh my gosh, yes. Like, I want that. I need that. I've been through that. Exactly right. Like kind of that same feeling of like, everything's kind of aligning in this way. That's really making me feel seen. Whereas diet culture really makes you feel invisible or like you're alone. And, and you know, honestly, it's, it's so sad. It's really heartbreaking to think of, but their really whole goal is to isolate you and to make you feel like you're out of control. You're wrong. You're broken and you need what I have to fix you. And intuitive eating is such a, such an amazing kind of twist on that to say, actually, we have all been broken by this system. We're all feeling these exact same things. And we all kind of have, I think most of us, when we give intuitive eating a true chance, I think we all kind of have that sense of like, oh, this is really innate, right? Like, this is why it's called intuitive eating. It's like, this is already inside of me. Just no one was putting the right words to it. And, and you know, it really spoke to you. And I loved what you said there about like, kind of so many people in the dieting world, and I put myself in that category too before intuitive eating was like, this can be part of your identity. Like you start to think like, oh, I am keto. I am this. I am doing this. I am practicing this. Like it's very um, part of who you are and then you cycle through it. And then part of your identity feels up in the air all the time because you're like, I don't know who I am because I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. I'm not on a diet. I'm not off a diet. I'm, you know, trying to figure this out. And intuitive eating really pivots you in a place that's like, yeah, I, I am not what I eat. I am not my diet. I am not my food. I am not my relationship with food. I am who I am. And it's really powerful to kind of make that distinction. So I, I love that. And I too want to validate you, Kayla. I mean, I know we do this in the membership and I'm sure Brooke does this one-on-one -on -one with you, but like just for our listeners out there who identified with you, like, I think I did 25 diets or whatever. So, so normal. So, so normal, unfortunately, but it's so, so normal. And I would, I would actually love, I'm sure there's a study out there and like 
the average number of diets people have been on since, you know, age 13 or whatever. But I think, I think your story is so relatable to people. Like I've done it all. Like we get DMs all the time. It's like, I've done every diet under the sun. This didn't work for me. That didn't work for me. And we had one lady who actually ended up joining the membership who asked us before we got on it, like, but I've done every diet under the sun. None of them have worked. Please tell me it's not a diet, right? Intuitive eating isn't a diet. And I was so proud of her for asking that question before joining. Cause I was like, this is the question you need to be asking before doing anything. Like if you're going to start reading books or focusing on something new, make sure it's not a diet, like make sure, you know? And so I was just so proud of her to say like, I'm done with that. I'm leaving that behind. And intuitive eating sounds great, but I don't want to be tricked again. Cause we've all been tricked, right? Like Keto is a trick. It's not a lifestyle. Whole 30, it's a trick. Noom, it's a trick. (laughs) Intermittent fasting, it's a trick. And that one tricked me hard. You know, it's like, it's all that dieting mentality. So anyways, all that to say, I think your story is so relatable of people coming to this kind of idea. So once you started intuitive eating, I'd love for you to tell us kind of how did that tumble into everything? Because obviously you took action really quickly. I mean, June and now it's December, so six months or less, um, which is awesome to like have first heard those words. So what were those first few months like for you, if you don't mind sharing that? Absolutely. I think the first couple months were really overwhelming, partially because I was trying to do it on my own and I was kind of half doing it where I kind of ignored all the principles except for unconditional permission to eat. And then I panicked and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm eating everything. And once I started kind of paying a little bit more attention, there really were subtle changes in there of like, oh, I was deciding I didn't want ice cream or I didn't want cookies at the moment. And I I felt like I reached a point where I just needed a little bit more guidance or really just reassurance of, hey, this is okay. It's normal. And here's some tips on on how to make it a little bit smoother. Um, And so that was when I started the membership um, and then started pretty quickly right after that with Brooke. And the biggest thing was I would go talk to her and I'd be like, this is crazy, but this is how I feel. And I think every appointment she's like, oh yeah, I hear that all the time. I've heard that four times today. That's really normal. (laughs) And that was the biggest thing for me was I felt like I was so alone and I was so Mm. out there that, intuitive eating wasn't going to work for me that like I was going to be the person who like yeah it doesn't work and so I think just that validation and reassurance um and I think I still do it every week where I'm like I sucked this week and Brooke's like but look at these 10 things you did awesome and by the end of the appointment I was like oh yeah I'm kind of doing this um so it's it's been really cool I've really enjoyed it it's but it in the moment it can feel a little overwhelming Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I totally have chills. Yeah. Well, and I think the strategy call is so great that we started implementing in the membership just because then you guys get to hear each other's stories and know like you're not alone because I can tell you every day that like, I've heard this three times today, which is actually true. <laughs> like, um, I swear the days I meet with Kayla, like all my clients that day are, you guys are all in the exact same path, like at the exact same time. Um, but I can tell my clients that all day long, but I think when you're in the strategy calls of the membership and you get to actually hear other people say their struggles, um, and you get to read their comments inside the community, I think that is really, um, helpful as well. So yeah, I'd love to hear more specifically about um, just how the membership has helped you and just that community aspect of just, again, knowing you're not alone, because I think this can feel really isolating right away, especially when you try to do it on your own, which listen, I tried to do it on our own for years. Yeah. I 
I think the membership has been huge for me. So I started going in there kind of hesitant just because I don't know what I'm doing and nobody should be listening to my advice. And then I'm kind of reading what the members are saying, the things that worked for them and the wins that they're having. Um, and that was really big for me. And that really helped me kind of take that jump into, okay, let's try all of the principles and let's try and make some behavior changes. Um, and then that strategy call is amazing. Um, I actually messaged Brooke on Instagram before the first strategy call and said, I don't even know if I should go. Like, I don't think I know I'm not caught up. And she was like, no, you need to show up. And that was huge here. You know, other members talking about just these little things that have been hard for them or these little wins. And for me to be able to say like, oh, I did that too. I didn't even realize that was a big deal. Um, was it was really cool and I think that's been I'm really excited for the next strategy call because I think it's it just you feel better about where you're at and the progress you're making um and like you said you're not alone because it feels it absolutely diet culture is so isolating um and I think I had isolated myself for so long so I wasn't convinced um anything was going to work I had weight loss surgery back in 2013 and so I convinced myself like, okay, well, my body's not going to work like everybody else's. Um, I'm never going to be able to figure it out like I did before. And I remember telling Brooke that I think at our first appointment, like, I think I screwed everything up. I don't know how to do it. And so then for me to be in the strategy call and he hear that I'm having the same wins as everybody else or the same struggles, it's like, oh, I didn't ruin everything. Like I can still get this figured out. Oh, I love that so much. And everyone's so like, we're all very unique in our own journey and what like our specific kind of angles are, but it's also all the same. Like it's all similar. Like diet culture has affected all of us in such an isolating way to make us feel broken, inherently broken. I can't, I mean, I would be rich if I had a dollar for every time someone told me intuitive eating works for them, not for me. And I thought the same thing. And I still like every once in a while, I'm kind of like, well, is it really working? Cause I just ate yada, yada, yada. And then I'm like, no, this is part of it. This is part of the journey. And that's what's really cool is you're not on or off in intuitive eating. You just are, you just be, you listen to yourself, which is really, really cool. Um, and yeah, just the power in knowing that you're surrounded. And this is literally why Brooke and I created the community specifically to know that you're surrounded with other women who are going after the same thing and have been where you've been. And we're all at different le levels of our journey. And it's not really ahead or behind, but it's different levels. So someone else might be making wins and strides in an area you really want to make strides in and being able to just see them and say, okay, if she can do it, I can do it because her and I have a very similar story. Or you're looking down the road and seeing someone else struggling with something that you're struggling with. And maybe you had a little win this week and you can share it. And it just can be such a beautiful dy dynamic and really, um, like, pour light in a place where diet culture has told us we had, we should feel shame and like we're alone and you shouldn't share that with anyone. And God forbid you struggle with food or God forbid you struggle with your weight or your body image. Like, oh my gosh, that's a hundred percent of women that I've ever come in contact with and men too, by the way. And so it's like actually having a place that you feel safe where you can share these things and shed more light on it releases some of that shame, right? Like I mean, that is one of the biggest things I've ever learned is like shame grows in silence. So when we don't talk about it, it actually becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. And then we feel more and more alone. And we like step back and hold people at a distance because we don't want them to see the mess that's in here. And the beautiful thing is when we start sharing that mess, it actually 
is a lot less messy because you're like, oh, everyone has, this is just life. This isn't mess. This is life, you know? So anyways, I just think that's, that's really incredible. And of course, working with a dietitian one-on-one, someone as amazing as Brooke is so helpful too, because you, you really can get that momentum quicker and kind of that one-on-one attention. And the, the membership is surely great, but there's a lot of women in there. So it's a different kind of, um, a different kind of environment for growth. Both of them work and push you forward. But I mean, obviously, I think working on one-on-one with anyone for anything in your life is going to get you there faster, right? So um, so that's really cool. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that as well, kind of the beauty of having both of those things in your life, one-on-one and the membership and kind of doing your own, obviously, you're a self-starter and <laughs> really propelled in that area too. So if you can share kind of the differences in each area, that'd be great. Yeah, I think the um, membership has been great in kind of that camaraderie and feeling like, you know, lots of people can relate or I can relate to other people and learn from them. I think the mini courses have been awesome um, where I get kind of like you said, I get in these modes where I'm like, I want to make some changes and I'll sit there and I'll watch an entire mini course and take notes and and kind of really focus on that. And that's more kind of the educational side. And then learning and watching how other people in the membership apply it. I think the one-on-one has been really great specifically for me um, because I ha- I tend to get these weird, like where I'm convinced I'm the only one and I'll have to take it to Brooke and be like, I don't know what to do with this. Um, and I was telling her the other day, I process by talking um, and kind of explaining the situation and Um, That's something that's been so helpful for me because every time I go to talk to her, I'm saying like this weird thing happened and I don't know what to do with it. And she's like, well, that's a food rule or that's something. And as soon as she said it, it's so eye opening that I feel like every time I get more out of the membership and more out of all the educational aspects because I'm able to open my mind a little bit um, more. So it's been really a blessing to have a little bit of everything. Um, and just that mm-hmm. constant validation and reassurance from a lot of different places. Yeah. And it's been such a joy to get to know you better too, which is so nice. And yeah, I think it's just so important that people know that this journey is not meant, you know, to, you're not meant to do this alone and whether that's, it is, it doesn't have to be with the dietitian. I mean, you can do this journey with some friends or in any type of community, but you're just going to see that progress faster if you have somebody or multiple people kind of working towards the same goal. And I think that's why we created like a year, ideally a year long membership of intuitive eating time for a lot of us. It takes months or years to really become an intuitive eater. And we knew that. Um, so as much as you can like read the book and do all the things in a month or two, you're just not going to fully become an intuitive eater in like a month or two. Um, so yeah, we just, we love, um, the idea of just making really slow progress. I would love to hear a little bit more about some of your wins that you've had recently that you can share just because I think people get really stuck on like, I'm not doing well, I'm not making progress. And then, you know, we point out all the things that you're doing well and you're like, Oh, wow, I am. I, these are wins. So a lot of times we don't see these things as wins, but I would love for you to just share some examples of wins you've had so that um, others can realize like that they're making progress too. I think there's been a lot of wins that I don't always recognize right away. I think the biggest thing has been kind of a mind shift of, I was always so focused on, I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to diet. I'm supposed to exercise. I'm supposed to 
whatever it is um, and kind of shifting to, okay, but this is who I am and this is what's working for me right in the moment has been really big. Um, I think the most recent one that I can think of that was really a very small thing but ended up being huge for me was um, recognizing I had convinced myself that if I'm going to work out, it needs to be CrossFit because I have a membership and that's what I need to do. And I enjoyed it when I did it and I have to go back. And I was having so much anxiety about going back. And all of a sudden, I don't really know what clicked in my head, but I realized like, I don't have to do that. Maybe it doesn't fit in my life right now. Um, and I found other ways to add in movement, like taking my dogs to the dog park or, um, finding like the yoga that Brooke sent me and things like that, that have made such a big difference. Um, I think things as easy as there are times where I choose like banana over chips, um, mostly because Brooke suggested I just like set the fruit out on my table where I see it. And then sometimes that's what I want and listening to my body on um, kind of what do I really wanna eat versus what do I feel like I should eat is always kind of hard for me to kind of dissect, but I'm learning to do that. And then I think recognizing the food rules has been huge. Um, I think our, my second appointment with Brooke, she pointed, I was telling her like, I'm cooking these balanced meals and I'm getting frustrated because I get full so fast because of my surgery that I don't even think I'm getting enough of the nutrients my body needs. And then I end up binging later and eating a whole bunch of food. And she said, well, why don't you just wait 30 minutes or an hour and then eat more of the meal? And it seems so obvious, but I think I cried in our appointment because it was just like so like mind blowing for me of like, hey, this is what I want to do. And somebody's telling me it's okay. Um, and that I think I've eaten differently since that appointment of it's okay to go back later or it's okay to eat the chips instead of the banana and it's okay to eat the banana instead of the chips, um, which has been really cool. Yeah. It's, you know, it's amazing, especially the further you get down the road and looking back, you're like, oh my gosh, that's so simple. It's, it's simple. It's not easy. Um, and, and some, it's way easier for someone else to come in and see your patterns and say, Hey, have you ever thought of this? Like, it's so much easier to have that third party because we are just in it. And that's true of everyone. I don't care where you're at on your intuitive eating journey. Someone else can come in and be like, Hey, this is a food rule. Like, and Brooke and I talk about this all the time. I still have food rules that come up every once in a while that I'm like, yeah, why am I holding on to that? And it's really interesting to dissect those and say, who told me that? Why do I believe them? Who are they in my life? Do they matter to me? Is, is what they're saying even true? Where is that truth rooted in? I mean, you start to question everything and unwrap it. And of course, and I think you're you're setting up a beautiful example of this, Kayla, of your journey of intuitive eating, of things start off wobbly. And we start off kind of like, I don't know, this feels really uncomfortable and I'm juggling a lot and this maybe isn't for me and I'm not so sure I dip my toes in the water, right? Like you said. And then you're like moving and grooving and then you hit a win and that feels great and you get confidence and you move forward and you hit another win. And then maybe you hit a struggle and you're like, I don't know what to do and it feels uneven. And like over time, you just get more and more stable. And then you, once you get more and more stable, what's really cool and I hear you kind of talking about is being able to peel away each layer and, and go deeper in on things. So it may have started out at this like really high level of like balancing my meals, but now you're, you're able to like kind of narrow in on something and say, okay, now I can tell if I want a banana or chips and I don't have guilt either way, but I can actually ask the question and it comes from a place of true intuitive 
hotness <laughs> versus what I should be doing, right? We just did a post on Instagram called that said, stop shooting yourself. Like literally we should ourselves about everything. Um, and it, it, it starts to question it so we can peel it back further and further. And what you said a little while ago that I really picked up on was when you were talking about the membership and how you had access to these mini trainings, you were like, and then when I really want to kick it into gear and like learn, I I can go in there and learn more and take notes and do all the things. Sometimes I get the impression that a lot of people on Instagram or in the world of intuitive eating are kind of like, just let it happen to you. Just let it, just lay back and take it. Just like you, you don't have any control over anything. And it's like, no, 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 no. We can take ownership of our life and make choices that are, and get on top of it. Like go after it, right? Like we're all go-getters. Like we're like, I want to learn more. I want to soak this up. I want to work on this. And that's okay too, to have that little bit of a drive, but know what we can control and know what we can't control. And there's, there's kind of this dichotomy of like, it's all or nothing. And I think so many of us have that mentality of like, I'm either all in or I'm all out or I'm all this or I'm all that. And that's not life. That's not reality. And chasing after that is a really big swing all the time. And with intuitive eating, it, it really is living in that middle and learning how to live there, which is hard. But that means that we can challenge ourselves and look for more and push ourselves in maybe a workout or in our eating habits and really taking a closer look. Or we can also be like, hey, today's not that day. I don't have the mental energy for that. I need to just like be and that's okay too. And so it's like, it's just this really, I I struggle with this a lot. I mean, my like living in the middle is like, it is a hard thing for me to do. I'm always, I've always been all or nothing. And I think intuitive eating just feels so good to be at peace instead of highs, lows, ups, downs all the time. You know what I mean? Does that, does that kind of make sense of that? Like, did I kind of illustrate that well of like you starting out and this is, I think most people's journey of like up and down and then you're kind of like leveling leveling out here. Absolutely. I love how you explain that because all or nothing thinking has kind of been my biggest issue in all areas of my life. Um, and it really has been like, I am hardcore dieting or I am failing or I'm being perfect or like I'm, my life is a mess. And I think, um, intuitive eating has really challenged that in a positive way, um, of finding that middle ground, um, which does not come naturally to me at all. Um, but, and it, it, it's really as simple as the days I feel good, I do the membership or I'm, um, watching the mini courses or I'm working out or I'm whatever it is that day. And then there's been a lot of days where I'm just tired and I feel like I can't do that and accepting like, okay, well, maybe today I had McDonald's and I took a nap. Um, and that's okay. That's not going to ruin all of the progress I've made, um, or all those, you know, more comfortable days that I've had. Um, and so finding that middle ground has been huge Mm -hmm. for me, although I don't mean to make it sound easy because it's more been kind of like a little bit all and then a little bit nothing and kind of finding that middle. But um, that was huge. I think you explained it really well. Yeah. Well, living in that middle ground is really a beautiful place to be. That's what our goal is. And it does. I think you're exactly right. What a great reminder. It it shouldn't. It does sound easy sometimes on a 30 minute podcast. It's not easy. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of internal work for all of us. And I'm still working on it as we all are. And so but really finding that middle ground, the the more we can stay there, the more we can stay there. Right. Like it, it becomes easier. Um, so just know if you guys listening are in the ups and downs, 
it does get easier. It does get more stable. You get like kind of a vibe going, a, a nice like groove of where you're at and you can kind of stay there. And that's really the beauty. And the all or nothing, once you master it, or I don't know if master is the right word, but once you master it, for lack of a better word coming to me right now, um, of in food rules and in your body, it spills into other areas of your life. And that is one of the most beautiful things that I never thought would be true. Like it spills into your relationships. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. It's okay if I haven't called you in two weeks or however long, like we can still be friends. It's not all gone, you know, or your, your um, relationship to movement or your relationship in your work. Like it's okay to have on times and off times and you're still living in that middle of knowing that you're just as worthy on quote unquote good days and quote unquote bad days. Like, no, these are just days. Like this is just how life works. It's messy and it's not the same every day. And how boring would our lives be if it was the same every day? Like that would be so, so boring. So I just love that illustration. And, and I, I really appreciate the fact that you said, hey, it hasn't been easy. Like this is coming off like it was kind of like a downhill journey. No, no, no. She's doing a lot of work. Um, as, as Brooke and I have too as well. And I'm sure much of our listeners have and our members for sure have had to deal with a lot going on because life gets in the way, right? <laughs> um, I would love if Kayla could give maybe one or two tips to leave us with of just like little things that have been helpful. So maybe it's um, a food mood journal or just anything in general that you've been doing over the past few months that you feel like is is like an easy tip to start implementing um, that somebody can take away today. Yeah, I think the easiest or simplest tip that's been really big for me is um, the gratitude journal. So just every night I write down three things um, or sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less, but just finding the little things that I was grateful for throughout the day. Um, and I also started, I think I found, I saw something on Instagram where I started adding at the bottom of my gratitude journal, something that I liked about myself or something I was proud of myself for that day. Um, and so then you kind of get this collection of things, um, that you feel good about yourself for. So that's been huge. And just reminding myself that slow progress is still progress. Like just those little tiny things are still moving me in the right direction. And I need to celebrate those. That's been big for me. Oh, I love that so much. And then you couple that too with the tip at the beginning that you said the social media feed. What a great first step for people to just say, hey, I don't have to be looking at people that make me feel worse and really asking yourself, what value is this bringing to my life? What value is following, even if it's your best friend or your friend from high school, whatever, it, what value are they bringing? And if they're not bringing value, it's okay to unfollow and check in here and there. I actually have very close friends that I have unfollowed on social media, but I check in on them every once in a while, or I'll text them outside of social media because I don't need to be seeing things that come up, you know, and anything that's just not making you feel um, good, truly in your own skin or make you, you know, yearn for more or different or whatever. It's okay. It's okay to unfollow or mute and find I love what you did intentionally find people that speak your language that that give you confidence and I, I think that's really beautiful Kayla you've done amazing things in six months that was really really mm -hmm. incredible we've freaking love having you as a member I know Brooke loves having you as a client yes I do and we just we love to hear how much progress you've made and it's literally given me chills and I so appreciate you taking some time to come chat with us and share with us 
what you've been through because I know so many of our listeners are going to feel what you've been through and really start to re-examine some things and feel validated. So thank you so much for spending your time with Mm -hmm. us and coming on the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much. We're so proud of your progress. Thank you guys. You guys have been wonderful and I appreciate the opportunity to share a little bit of my story. Yay. Oh man, it's been so good. So helpful. All right, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in and we will catch you next week. See you later. See you later.